Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. <laughs> this segment oh. is brought to you by Oldie but a goodie Guinness Stout Yeah baby yeah. I forgot to pour it in the glass Gosh darn it look at me Yeah it even says on the bottle that you're supposed to pour it in the glass It's not a bottle it's a can Or the can I mean So how's that? Kerchink That's a good color Mm-mm-mm. You know I once made because I was curious I had heard a rumor that you could make a Guinness um, ice cream float Interesting. And I did it. Was it good? It wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. So I just put some, you know, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Yeah. On the Guinness float. I drank it. It was. It certainly wasn't gross. I mean, you could say it's not the best float you've ever had, but it was not bad. I bet you if you put chocolate ice cream in it, it would be good. That might have been better. I should have done it that way. Maybe I'll try again. We'll try it next time. <laughs> okay. We'll have. We'll have. A, why not? What? We'll have a um, chocolate ice cream. Guinness float. Next. And we'll even let somebody take the recipe and call it theirs and make a million bucks without. Sure. Our service to you. Uh, yeah. Yep, so we have all sorts of ideas. So what about Lee Harvey? Uh, so Lee Harvey. So he is in the Soviet Union and he decides that he wants to leave. Now... I mean, let me ask you though. I mean, you know, the guy just affected. Mm-hmm. How the hell is he going to get back? They even let him back? I mean... Well, that's the big question. I mean, we're going to go into a lot of the details about this because, as you can see, we're thorough. That's right. why we're on our 24th about podcast and we're still... Alive. Still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but the most, inqu- the most important question in my mind regarding Oswald's return to the U.S. is why the U.S. just allowed him to return. I mean, think about it. He had, been, he had just been discharged from the Marines. Yep. He had security clearance while in the military. Yep. He renounced his citizenship, proclaimed himself to be a Marxist, told, in in doing so, told the U.S. Embassy that he was going to give all of his state secrets to the Soviet Union. He emigrated to the Soviet Union, continued to espouse communist views while in the Soviet Union, and then suddenly requested permission to come back to the United States without denouncing any of his Marxist views. Wow. Following all of that, we just let him come back to the country, no problem, almost immediately. Why? Why did we do that? And there's really two answers, and I'd be curious as to which of the two you think is the most likely. Okay. Was it to better keep an eye on him? Like, better have him, like, we're suspicious of him, but better have him here rather than in the Soviet Union. Keep your friends close, have enemies closer. Yeah. Is it that, or... Is it because he really was a CIA agent and, you know, of course we're letting him back because, you know, he had done work there. Now we had work for him to do here. B, for me. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into why we think that. I mean, I think all the facts that follow support B. Yeah. Yeah, so you had wondered how he got the money to come back. Exactly right. Um, So the U.S. Embassy paid for that. Oh, look at that. Is it the same one that he went to and said, I'll do this and I'll do that? Yeah, the same exact one. Mm-hmm. On May 24th, 1962, 
Oswald and Marina applied at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow for documents that enabled her to immigrate to the U.S. And then on June 1st, the U.S. Embassy gave Oswald a repatriation loan of $435.71. A lot of money at that time. So not only did we allow him to come back, <laughs> we paid for it. Yeah. Of course we Or did. we gave him a loan. Maybe he had to pay it back. I don't know. But, um, so you had mentioned um, the question of was Marina, his wife, of like mm. a few weeks, you know, was she a spy in some way? There's some interesting facts about um, her when she was leaving Russia, which are very pertinent. So um, it was within days of their marriage that Oswald told her that he wanted to return to the United States, at least according to their story. Mm -hmm. And shortly after that, she began to apply for the documents that she needed to leave the Soviet Union. And uh, her exit visas were expedited despite the fact that there were several problems with her background information. Oh, oh, and let's point out, as well, it was the middle of the Cold War. Yeah. So li <laughs> listen to this. This is some interesting, <laughs> some contradictory facts. So when she was preparing these documents, she stated her name as Marina Nikolaevna, which indicated that her father's name was Nikolai because that's how the Russian naming works. Mm -hmm. if, if she's Marina Nikolaevna, it means her father's name was Nikolai. However, she had insisted that, essentially till the day that she died, that she never knew the name of her father. So essentially when she, when she prepared these background, these documents for her, for her visa or, yeah. or for, you know, to be able to leave, she provided information which she then later said she had no way of knowing because she didn't know her father's name. Hmm. Another, this is a, a, an even odder coincidence because you might say, well, she's lying about not knowing her father's name. Well, what about this? <clears throat> One of the bit of documents that she received when she was trying to leave was she asked for a copy of her birth certificate. Her birth certificate identified her birthplace as a town called Severodvinsk. However, and that was, you know, on her birth certificate, which was ish supposedly issued at the time of her birth. However, this was the, that, the name of that town, Severodvinsk, was not the name of that town until 1957, two years before, you know, they were leaving. The name of the town up until then was Molotovsk. So in other words, she was born in the town of Molotovsk, and that was the name of the town. And then 19 years later, when she asked for her birth certificate, she was given a birth, she was given a birth certificate, which supposedly was from when she was born, uh -huh. but it had the town's new name on it. Uh -huh. You get it? Maybe they were thinking ahead. Maybe it's just that, what is it? A coincidence, maybe. That they happened to that 17 years before the town had the name, that they put that that name on her birth certificate. Can you prove it wasn't a, 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 what do you call it? A, 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 a coincidence? Can you prove it? Can you prove it? Can I you prove it? I can't prove it. Then I you're just... wrong. You tin hat wearing conspiracy thinking. I'm a Celtics hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Come on. Um, so a couple of <laughs> odd things. Here's an odd thing about Oswald. 
Just weeks before leaving Russia to come back to the United States, Oswald wrote his mother and asked her to send him pictures of her and himself. So he wanted, so two weeks before he's about to come back, he writes his mother and says, send me a photo of you and me together. Perfectly normal. Okay, I guess so. Uh, some re- and I'm, this may be obvious, some researchers wonder if Oswald is now an imposter and needs these photos so he will know which woman to greet at the airport. Because think about it, if you're about to come home two weeks later, why do you say, oh, send me a photo of you now? You're about to see her in, in like two weeks. You know, why do that? And why, why even risk the photo getting lost in the mail, you know, not receiving it in time? It doesn't make any sense. Why would he want that photo? Well, remember, we talked a little bit about how some high-ranking CIA operatives said that they saw, mm-hmm. you know, Oswald, and, and they thought there were two. Well, I mean, think about it. We have in 1960, we have Hoover saying, yeah, yeah. asking, yeah, is there an imposter? Yeah. You have this this Oswald asking weird, you know, at, making weird requests for a photo. Here's something else. Um, already A couple of other things. Native Russians in Dallas will say that the Oswald who returns speaks Russian better than they do. Not only that, this Oswald has photographs of himself. He brings with him photographs of himself which are taken in many different areas of, of Russia. So all over, <laughs> all over Russia. However, officially, Oswald never ventured outside of Moscow or Minsk. Officially? Officially. So, I mean, there are two possibilities. Officially, which means really nothing. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, it may be that, that this isn't an imposter, Oswald, and he just was allowed to travel more than... It's, it, you know, the, the, we don't know. It's more, you know, when you think about logic and critical thought, uh-huh. right? I mean, it's it's almost impossible to believe that you know. Well, plus, add the things we already know, like well, you know, the the, the second wallet, uh, the eyewitnesses that said it would nothing looked like Oswald at all. A shot tip, and the, the, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the the truck that was parked outside the the theater mm-hmm. that was supposedly putting someone who looked like Oswald in the back of, of a truck mm-hmm. outside when another Oswald was up on the second floor, the eyewitnesses at the theater that said, oh no, there was an Oswald on the first floor, yeah. and the other one said there's an Oswald on the, on the balcony, the balcony. Yeah. Wait a minute, what? I mean, this whole thing with the two Oswalds, like, I'll be honest, you know, because I've gone through, I've looked, you know, through everything through to the end of this, mm. and and uh, and so I have my own thoughts about what mm. may have happened. Whether there are two Oswalds or not doesn't really impact Kind of what my my theory about who was responsible? Oh, exactly right. Like I find it more just interesting. Yeah. But well, what's but what's weird about it? And I'm not saying it's not important. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's weird about it is that it, it's like this whole thing about and I can't make head or tails out of what's going on with the two Oswalds. The only thing I know about it is that it starts in 1960 with with um, Hoover asking about it, and like right through the end of this story, there's tons of. Mm-hmm. Of um, testimony all over the place about multiple Oswalds. Yeah, and so you know, is there something going on there? I don't know, but yeah. there's. If not, it's like it's really odd because people are just. There's tons of. Well, there's a lot to think too. There's a lot of things. A lot of things that make people think. Well, Oswald had to die. Oswald was supposed to die when mm-hmm. when Kennedy did not get. You know, when Kennedy at first didn't get shot, mm-hmm. and they didn't know whether he was going to die or not. Mm-hmm. They had to do something. They had to do something. They had to eliminate mm-hmm. somebody. I and mean, even after he died, they had to eliminate somebody. Mm-hmm. I think that Oswald was 
planned to be the Patsy that got killed. I think it was planned that way. I think, you know, when I think something went wrong, I think because when you think into look into the tippet, the whole tippet thing mm-hmm. and how and how he was running around making these weird phone calls from a record shop, being very frustrated because nobody answered the phone. It's probably uh, his handler he's trying to get a hold of, yeah, yeah. find out what the hell's going on and, and, and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. They're saying the guy that killed Tippett wasn't didn't look anything like mm-hmm. right? Remember uh, Aquila yeah, yeah. Clemens yeah. who said, Oh no, he was kinda heavy. Yeah, stocky. Stocky. Oswald was heavy. not stocky. No. But Jay Gordon Liddy was. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, there's a lot of great information right in this time period. Yep. Here's another uh, tidbit. Um, so there was a CIA analyst. Um, I don't think I have this person's name. Um, but a CIA analyst who in 1962 was um, in the, the Soviet branch of the Foreign Document Division of the CIA's Directorate of Intelligence... Um, so he was somebody who would piece together information gleaned from various sources on Soviet economic, technological, and scientific developments. So this CIA, CIA analyst stated that he remembered data coming in from a CIA field office on the operations of a Minsk electronics factory. Hmm. Um, and this information came in the form of contact reports, as in reports coming in from a contact he said that these reports were based on the experiences of a U.S. ex-Marine who worked in the Minsk plant after his defection to the Soviet Union. So need we mention that there was only one ex-Marine who worked at that particular Minsk factory. And who do you think that um, ex-Marine was? Gee, I don't know. Whoever it was probably quizzes. Yeah, it was. Was it Lee? It was Lee. Yeah. So... Again, I mean, these are all just tidbits, but make of them what you will. Um, so since Oswald had never technically defected, his passport was promptly returned to him, and he and his wife Marina arrived in Hoboken on June 13, 1962, aboard the ship SS Mastum. Now here's another interesting bit. When they arrive in New York, they have seven suitcases. When they leave New York by plane, they only have five. When the couple finally arrives in Fort Worth, they have two suitcases. So the question is, what was in all those suitcases, and what happened to all that stuff? Where did it all go to? Whatever it is, it's, it's probably just, you know, coincidence. <laughs> this is the theme. That's what we're going to call the, the, this podcast, the, the Coincidence Podcast. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just coincidence. <laughs> it could happen to anybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? How can you prove it didn't happen to somebody else in, in, for, for, for the rest of eternity? Well, I and mean... And if it did happen to one person, then I guess you're wrong, aren't you? You can lose... Luggage when you're traveling. They're kind of hard to add. Luggage. Well, no, they didn't add luggage. They lost it. Well, I mean, but you had a certain amount, right? They had seven. And then they lost, down, went down to what? Went down to two yeah. by the time they ended up in Dallas. Well, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, planes lose it now. Imagine how bad it was back then. Yeah. Um, so when they arrived in Hoboken, they were met by a man called Spass T. Rakin. He was a representative of the Travelers Aid Society, 
and he helped them through customs and helped them fi find a place to stay in New York. Interesting thing about this Spass T. Rakin, he was also an official with an anti-communist emigre group, emigre group, with links to both the FBI and U.S. military intelligence, as well as anti-communist groups in New Orleans. <laughs> he is um, Secretary General of the American Friends of the Anti-Bolshevik Bloc of Nations. Oh, anti-Bolshevik, imagine that. Which was an extreme right-wing anti-communist organization uh -huh. with both Nazi and fascist roots in the Ukraine of the Soviet Union. Um, now, another interesting thing about this guy, the, um, the links he had were with the FBI and military intelligence and the anti-communist groups which were located in or headquartered in the very building in New Orleans where Oswald's name would eventually be linked <laughs> with the CIA-backed anti-Castro activists. Remember that that um, apartment? Jesus we haven't Christ. we haven't talked about it on this podcast no, yet, do. but the place where I think David Ferry yeah. was doing all his work. Yep, yep, yep. In 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 New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. So we'll hear more about that um, that building later on. Um, but it seems like his um, Lee Harvey Oswald's connections with the CIA in New Orleans began. Literally, the second he got back in Hoboken. <laughs> Hard to believe. Maybe it's just, I don't know, mm -hmm. um, a coincidence. So another interesting thing is that um, people notice that Lee seemed to make every effort to avoid his mother after he returned from the Soviet Union in 1962. At one point, he even moved his family from Fort Worth to Dallas, Mm. And he never gave his mother a forwarding address. So he was yeah, kind of yeah. just avoiding her. So maybe, I mean, I think it's certainly possible he just didn't want to see her, but you never know. Maybe there's something also to him being an imposter in some way. So you'd already mentioned or asked, which is bad, I'm podcasting like while well, chomping on popcorn. Well, we're talking about um, the CIA defector program. Uh-huh. So again, something that's not a conspiracy, there is acknowledgement. The CIA has acknowledged that there was a defector program that they ran, um, meaning that they, they, they had selected people to defect to the Soviet Union with the purpose of, um, you know, intelligence gathering. Uh -huh. Now, what's interesting is there were only two U.S. enlisted men who defected to Russia between the years 1945 and 1959. So two men over the course of 14 years. Mm -hmm. However, in the 18 months prior to January 1960, there were nine, or no, at least nine U.S. enlisted men who defected to the Soviet Union. Um, so... That's a little odd, isn't it? And and all of the defectors, all of these people, had backgrounds in the military or in sensitive um, defense works. I'll find a picture of George H.W. Bush with his hands behind his back. Okay. Go ahead. Um, now, a little context around this whole defector thing. Mm. 
At the time, in 1959, the United States was having significant difficulty in acquiring information out of the Soviet Union. So you have to remember that the, the uh, technical systems and the technology that we have right now to extract information, all sorts of spy planes, oh, yeah. all that stuff, that hadn't been um, developed at that point. And um, we were resorting to all different sorts of activities to try to get information out of the Soviet Union. One of these activities was a Office of Naval Intelligence program, <laughs> which involved maybe 40 people, young men, who were made to appear disenchanted with America, um, youths who had been turned off and wanted to see what communism was all about. And these people were sent into the Soviet Union or into Eastern Europe with the specific intention that the Soviets might pick them up and um, double them if they suspected them of being U.S. agents or recruit them to be KGB agents. <laughs> so this all was going on. When we say like, oh, did, did Oswald go there as, a, um, you know, as part of a defector program? I mean, he, if that's true, he wasn't the only one. There were, there were several people over there doing the same thing. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> and actually there was a, there was, um, a study being done even at the time. Mm -hmm. There were people who were trying to, people in the United States government who were trying to figure out if Oswald was a fake defector. Specifically, there was a man who called, um, Otto Otepka, who was an official in the State Department and he was in charge of the study to determine who, which of the U.S. defectors were um, real defectors and which ones were, were not defectors. And, um, and so they were working on this, but then in June of 1963, five months prior to the Kennedy assassination, Otepka was ousted from his job and barred <laughs> from access to his study material on defectors one of whom was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> he was asked in 1971 wow. whether they had come to the conclusion that Oswald was a real or a fake defector. And Otepka replied, quote, we had not made up our minds when we were thrown out of the office. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, just Just another coincidence. Just and a coincidence. So we had mentioned, you know, what did um, Oswald's former um, roommates or former Marines oh. feel about yep. this? And um, a man called um, Botello, I get, I think his first name actually was Judge, either that or he was a judge. Okay. But Judge Botello was a, a Marine, a former roommate of Oswald. His quote about it was this, quote, Well, when Oswald's presence in the Soviet Union was made public, it was the talk of everyone who knew him at the base. First of all, I was aware of the fact that the radio codes and other codes were not changed and that Oswald knew all of them. Uh, that made me suspicious. Wow. I knew Oswald was not a communist and was, in fact, anti-Soviet. Then, when no real investigation about Oswald occurred at the base, I was sure that Oswald was on an intelligence assignment yeah. in Russia. Yeah. Two civilians dropped in at El Toro, the base, asked a few questions, took no written statements, and recorded no interviews with witnesses. 
It was the most casual of investigations. <laughs> it was a cover investigation so that it could be said that there had been an investigation. <laughs> yeah. Oswald, it was said, was the only Marine ever to defect from this country to another country, a communist country, during peacetime. That was a major event. When the Marine Corps and the American intelligence decided not to probe the reasons for the defection, I knew then what I know now. Oswald was on, a, on an assignment in Russia for American intelligence. I agree 100%. But it could be just conjecture. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I love the mood you're in though. You're just like... I mean, but, but you know, but I mean, I mean all I'm saying, I'm, I'm basically being that guy. Yeah, you are, you are. You're doing a good facsimile of it. I mean, I mean, it, it bothers me so much that people can just say that. It's like they're not even... What I'm trying to do here, folks, is make it look like I'm the guy that never listens. That just spews out crap because uh -huh. they do. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm just giving fact after fact after fact that points in a certain yeah. direction. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, it could be a coincidence. Yeah. Because I am. And the bottom line is I'm doing it because... Not that I don't believe he's 100% right. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, that's probably what 80% of the people out there are going to do. Yeah. No, nope, you're right. You know, it was, it was, you got to listen and, and be able to put one and three together and make four. Eh, uh -huh. You know. I was just trying to figure that out. but It's just like... <laughs> I got know, it. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like, you know, I mean, two and two is too easy. You know, so, you know, maybe you make it three and one, uh -huh. make it a little harder to get. But but that's the way most people are, man. They're not going to mm -hmm. listen. They're gonna, they might even look and go, yeah, okay. And then you go, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, yeah, no, I, I, it's not a coincidence. There's no such thing as a coincidence in my in my world. Mm -hmm. You know, but any hoodles. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald himself actually um, provided testimony that he was, in a way, you could say this is testimony that where he's claiming that he was in Russia at the behest of of um, the U.S. government. So this is what he said. When he came back, he was upset that um, there had been a change in the status of his uh, military discharge. Uh -huh. um, and I don't know exactly what the change was. It was a change for the worse in some way. <laughs> and so he wrote an angry letter to John Connolly, who had been the Secretary of the Navy in 1961, uh -huh. trying to defend his time in Russia. And in defending himself, he, he asserted, quote, that he had, quote, always had the full sanction of the U.S. Embassy and hence the U.S. government during his stay in the Soviet Union. <laughs> and he warned that, quote, I shall employ all means to right this gross mistake or injustice. And he asked Connolly to, quote, look into this case. Wow and take the necessary steps to repair the damage. I mean, doesn't that sound to you like he's saying, like, listen, I yep. wasn't really a communist over there. I was doing stuff for the government. Look into it yep. and fix my discharge. But they, of course, what happened? Uh, I don't think they did anything. No, they didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> because they, knew that they, could, they, they realized that they, if they did that, it would look yep. too bad. Yep. You know, they were still trying to keep And him. why wouldn't that... And, and he's kind of stupid for not realizing uh, that, right? Yeah, why would it tip him off? That means he is a little bit more aloof than people think. Thinking yeah, if yeah. you're aloof, why would... That's why he was picked for what he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, Agreed. question for you. Have yeah. you heard of the case 
of Robert E. Webster? I don't believe that I have. Maybe you have, and you just don't know his name. Okay. That's usually the case with me. You're better it? with names than I am. So, Robert E. Webster was an American who told officials he was defecting to Russia less than two weeks before Oswald defected to Oh, okay. Yeah. You know this guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you, he knows everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember it. I remember, but don't, you're right. I don't remember the name. So, he defected yep. to Russia just before Oswald did. Yeah. And there are um, many similarities between the two of them. <laughs> uh, Webster was a former Navy man, and he was a, a, a plastics expert, a young man, plastics expert, who just didn't come home after with his colleagues after he had been working at an American trade exhibition in Moscow. Mm. He had been an employee of the Rand Development Corporation. Wait. Wait. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, those of you that are watching this right now that did the same damn thing I did when he just said the Rand Corporation uh, back when? In the 60s? This would have been 1960. The Rand Corporation is one of the biggest defense contractors in the world. Mm-hmm. Government defense contractors in the world world remember oh, well this is so I, I do need to point out before you go any further yeah this is different than the rand corporation oh there's the rand development corporation uh, which okay. is what he was an employee of. okay all right and i'm just wondering if both of those have something to do with each other they do way. so i so i'm not trying to discount i'm gonna let you go off on your rant in a second uh-huh. um so there's the rand development corporation and then uh, there's the rand corporation yeah uh, supposedly the rand development corporation was separate from the Rand Corporation. However, <laughs> they were actually they were literally at one time located across the street from each other in New York City. And um, and there are there are other um, there's other evidence of connection between the two. The the Rand Development Corporation held several CIA contracts with several top officials of the Rand Corporation. So there were links between the two. I think it's one of those things where they were just trying to keep things separate. But anyway, so... As a front. As a front. So the Rand Corporation, what what are they all about? To me, I mean, they had... Well, you know what? You'll hear the name a lot. When we talk about Mm -hmm. a lot. Because they're in on a lot. (laughs) Put it this way. What, What company... What kind of company would make the most money from war? Um, company like Rand Corporation, right? You gotta build. You gotta give. Uh, you gotta build shit. You gotta make bombs. You gotta do this. You gotta defense contractors, right? Uh huh. You put the you put stuff together and you get all these coincidences and the Rand just comes up. Mm-hmm. Rand Corporation. Yeah, Rand Corporation. Da, 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 da. But they um. Are they still? How long were they around? Do you know? They're still around. They're still around. They're oh still yeah. Still around, and they're oh, still. Yeah. Oh, you said they were. I got them on the stocks. I, I watched their stock. Their stock. I their stock is is it's pretty steady. The last time I looked, I think it was three hundred and something a share. So not enough war right now. Not enough war right now. So yeah, yeah. don't worry. Watch what happens if something happens. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. No, it's probably it would be smart to invest if if you were this sort. I wouldn't invest in them because no, I can't. I'm too socially. Uh, yeah, you know. but if if all you cared about was making money, yeah, invest in them in peacetime because peacetime's not going to last. Yep. 
Yep. It's just like, um, what is it, um, Tesla, uh-huh. and uh, who's the other guy, Elon Musk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, his uh, SpaceX stock has tumbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Elon Musk? Yeah. It always makes me think of, space, like... SpaceX. I always think he, like, makes, like, cologne. <laughs> I don't know why. Something about the name. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's not what he does. Yeah, it's kind of hard to take him, take him seriously. Yeah, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. It uh, reminds me of the Coward of the Lion, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and an Elon Musk. A musky musk. Anyway. Am I king of the forest? You ever heard that song? That wasn't a bad Are we going to edit this out? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you said... Do you know how that guy got that song in that musical? No. Or in that movie? How? So essentially, like, they all had one song. You know, If I Only Had a Whatever. Yeah. But... He was like, I guess his contract said that he was supposed to have one more song, and so he made them write that song for him. And it's like the worst song in the whole movie. I think it's the best song. Really? Yeah. Oh, I never liked that song. I like the way they use it to rhyme, you know? Oh, really? I, like, where he's like, My royal robes of the palace, would it be a satin, huh. not a cotton? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's right? Maybe I it's should watch so, it again. It's so clever, the way it was uh, put together. Okay. But... It was a short song, so I didn't, it didn't take him that long, but I thought it was a pretty clever tune. Okay, okay. Don't hate me for my singing, okay? No, it was good singing. <laughs> uh, you did a better forest than I did. A better, uh, um. So here's some interesting, some interesting things. So actually, a little more about Webster. He claimed to have become disenchanted with Soviet life, mm-hmm. and he returned to the United States about the same time that Oswald did. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Now here's where things get odd. Things tend to get odd. A coincidence. Here's where? <laughs> Here's another big coincidence. Mm. Now listen to this. Um, so Webster is supposedly never had um, any contact with Lee Harvey Oswald, either according to Webster or according to like the, the Warren Commission or any of the official stories. Uh-huh. Um, but when Oswald was arranging his return to the United States in 1961... He, quote, asked about, or I'm sorry, not quote, according to there's some documentation that he asked about the fate of a young man named Webster who had come to the Soviet Union shortly before he did. So Oswald was asking about this guy, even though... He's part of the same program? Yeah, sure. And now listen to this. This is even weirder. Years later in America, Marina, Oswald's wife, told an acquaintance... That her husband had defected after working at an American exhibition in Moscow. Now listen to this. Oswald didn't defect after an American American exhibition in Moscow. It was Webster. So she said, Marina said, my husband defected after working at an American exhibition in Moscow. That's Webster's story, not Oswald's. But then listen to this. After the assassination... When American intelligence was looking into Marina's background, they discovered an address in her address book that matched that of Webster's Leningrad apartment. What? What? <laughs> Looks like somebody somebody uh, got like their stories mixed up somewhere along the line, right? I I just know Marina supposedly is married to Oswald, but she said. That her husband, um, David Emer- Webster, 
Um, is it Robert Webster? Marina, you know, Oswald's ex-wife, is supposedly married to Lee Harvey Oswald, but she says that her husband defected after working at American Exhibition in Moscow, which is what happened to Webster and is not what happened to Oswald. And after the assassination, they found Webster's address in her address book, despite the fact that supposedly Oswald never had anything to do with this guy. So, who knows? I mean, there. I guess there's there are different ways that maybe that address could have gotten into her address book, but it's another odd coincidence. Wow. I was doing that was my mic drop. That was mic drop. That was a definite mic drop. Now, if you don't know, if you don't think something's weird there, folks, mm -hmm. I don't know what we got to do. I, 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 so there, the, the coincidences are too many. Well, it's just too many when you start right from it. Yeah. I mean, if you start from what we were talking about, you know, our last podcast is, is you know, when he was just getting into the military through what was going on in Itsugi, what was going on in California, you know, just so many different facts that we've mentioned. Yep. I just, I, I don't think for a second that this, this wasn't, that all of this wasn't a grand plan mm -hmm. from somewhere. Yeah, and maybe it's a plan that went sideways, but there was definitely a plan. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a guarantee that it was a plan. Or at least Oswald, what we can say at this point is Oswald is not what he appears to be. Mm -hmm. Somehow or other. We don't know exactly what he is. Yeah, that's why... It, but that's, he's not what he appears yeah, to be. Yeah, and it's so deep, right? It's mm -hmm. so deep. You know, it's just, it's, it's, um, and so that it's, like, it's almost like you could do that on your own, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, there's just, there's not enough even for, to, for Lee Harvey Oswald, like to, to look and find stuff on him because there's, there's more on to prove the JFK conspiracy than there is to prove anything really about yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause nobody really knew anything about the guy, mm -hmm. you know, he was like, who, who was this, who is this guy? You know, I mean, even even Dorothy Kilgallen even said that. She yeah. was like, who is this Lee Harvey Oswald? Uh-huh. You know, I mean, who is he? And is it only one person? Is it two people? Yeah, I mean, you she know? she questioned it. And we'll go into that, too. She questioned it. Uh -huh. That's what she got killed for. Believe it. We'll talk about that, too. Yeah. So I'll, I have to say, this is actually the first time we've ever had a podcast where we got to the end of the material. Holy mother of...